in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Shh, hello. Happy, uh, it's over. July 4th. Felt like it never even happened. July 4th. Uh, July 4th, that wasn't. Uh, just people moving on. Don't like that at all. I love this country. Uh, yeah, we got problems, but uh, we got a great setup here. Uh, Liz and Mitt, Liz Cheney and Mitt, they are so beside themselves with hatred. They should be fall- falling all over themselves right now, uh, thanking Trump for the Roe v. Wade thing. They're not. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, crime is everywhere. I mean, really, really bad. And in addition to the horrible mass shooting, it's amazing. In Chicago, I, I, do I have this right? There were more than 70 shootings in Chicago in just one day, one day, 70-plus people got shot in one day. Uh, the mass shooting, though, that's all anybody seems to, uh, they're focusing on because, uh, well, this, I don't know. I don't know. You, we'll, we'll get into what the difference is. And then, oh, hostages. Uh, you know, Trump was very good at keeping tabs on people who were abducted or in, unfairly imprisoned around the world and doing everything he could to get them back. Um, looks like Joe Biden is totally blowing off Brittany Griner. Um, Brittany Griner, the what's what is she? WNBA, good for her, big star. Never heard of her until she got busted by the Russians. And why did she get busted? Well, she was probably just telling, doing what Bill De Blasio said he could do here in New York, which is walk around with as much weed as you want. Anyway, she got a little trace, and she's suffering right now and begging Joe Biden for help. And Joe Biden, by the way, 71% of the people do not want him to run for re-election. That, has it ever been that high before? Have they even thought to ask that question? It was always kind of assumed that the person, the incumbent, is going to run. This is unprecedented stuff. Everybody can see that he can't hack it, he can't do it, uh, not up to the job. Who would come next? I heard O'Reilly saying earlier, Bill O'Reilly, one of our favorites, he doesn't think Joe Biden's going to make it to the end of the term. Neither do I. I think he's going to have to resign or something's going to happen. I don't want anything bad to happen to Joe in terms of his health. I hope he dies at the age of 120. But uh, he should not be president for much longer. Who would come next? Believe it or not, I was just doing my little uh, scratch pad work. And uh, you know who's going to emerge? Mike Bloomberg. Mike, well, it could happen, actually. He could totally, totally... uh, overpower the field. He could do it in a nanosecond. He wouldn't have to raise money. He's got all kinds of money and he could get into this uh, if it because Kamala Harris, if she becomes president, is not going to be the nominee or she if she does. She's totally, totally beatable for the nomination. I, we'll see what happens. Uh, oh, so what else? Yeah, Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney don't like uh, don't like Donald Trump very much. Mitt Romney said that Americans don't get it when it comes to inflation. We're very blithe about matters of inflation. The nerve of this guy, right? Blithe. Everybody notices inflation. Everybody. Anybody who orders a hamburger notices it, fills up the gas tank, notices it. When you are a billionaire, and I think he is a billionaire. I think he's worth about $950 million, close enough. He's a billionaire, Mitt Romney. You don't notice these things. When you install an elevator in your garage... You don't notice these things. He actually installed an elevator in his garage. Uh, This is a guy, and he's telling me that I'm out of touch. He's telling you that you're out of touch, Mitt Romney. You know, and Liz Cheney, who the hell does she think she is? She's still in love with, does she have a soft spot for Cassidy Hutchinson? Is something going on there? 
all weekend long. They're in such awe of Cassidy Hutchinson. Now, who is that? It's the semi-attractive girl from last week who uh, testified that, uh, well, what did she testify? She just relayed a bunch of gossip. None of it was admissible. I think people, and I heard this all weekend long, I went to a, a pretty fancy party on Saturday night. Oh, wasn't she amazing? She was just amazing. Amazing. And you see that a lot in life, you know, when an attractive person, male or female, comes in, uh, the other people just want to say, oh, that person's so impressive. Why? Well, did you see they? Uh, did you see how they sat down? <laughs> did you see the poise? Um, no, I think you got a bit of a crush going. Actually, uh, what is the substance? The substance is, it looks quite frankly like she was lying. It really does, especially about that note. How do you get around that? That she didn't write that note. She said it's her handwriting. If it is her handwriting, she is most likely a serial killer who must be arrested immediately. This is a man's handwriting. There is not a woman in the world who writes like this. Okay, other than female serial killers, of which, I don't know, is Ashley, uh, what's her name again? Ashley uh, Cassidy, Cassidy. She She's not a serial killer, but something very, very odd. So how many shootings in Chicago? 20, 76. 20-something here in New York yesterday in one day, in one day. What's the latest on the situation there? We've got a suspect in custody. See, now we call him a suspect. All yesterday I'm saying they're searching for the suspect. No, they're searching for the shooter. They're searching for the person they believe did this, the shooter. They're not searching for a suspected shooter. They're searching for the shooter. And then they can actually start calling him the shooter because they believe that. They have probable cause. Media can call him a suspect once the guy's in custody. What's his name? Cremo? Primo? A 21-year-old guy with face tattoos? I mean, look, I don't want to profile here, but he, he he looks like an Antifa member. He really does. He looks straight out of Antifa. You ever see the mugshots of all those people associated with Antifa? He looks like one of them. He also looks like, imagine Beavis and Butthead. Imagine, like, when were those guys? Were they 13 in that cartoon? Imagine if they went really bad and really hardcore. That's what they would become. Oh, with face tattoos. The guy's got face tattoos, and he's got one bizarre video after the next. You can't tell who his allegiance is to, kind of like Antifa. I mean, they're all over the map, right? Those guys, I mean, who knows what they actually stand for, except they they seem to hate America, they seem to hate Trump, they seem to hate, uh, and this is the kind of target that an Antifa member would open fire on, actually. A July 4th um, beautiful parade, of which there just seem to be not many. Hey, what did Joe Biden do yesterday for the July 4th? Did he, did he ride his bike again? Did he just uh, hang around? I didn't see anything. Did you? There wasn't one national moment. Now, I know it's an odd year. It's, what, 246? What, 246 years old? I remember the the bicentennial. The whole country, it was, forgive me, it was like an orgasm of patriotism. I mean, everybody went crazy. It was beautiful, actually. It was great. And uh, now, um, no. I I heard an NPR, which I haven't listened to in a very long time, NPR, National Public Radio, uh, every July 4th, this little uh, Steve Inskeep. Steve Inskeep. What a name, huh? Steve Inskeep. I actually, he, I anchored the radio at Fordham University on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. And Steve Inskeep would come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I never met him during that time, but he would be doing the radio back then. And I was doing the, uh, so he would do, he would read the Declaration of Independence on every 4th of July. Except this one, because... 
he decided to talk about marginalized people and uh, and women and Roe v. Wade and what a horrible thing this is. You know, it's kind of like Donald Trump said, we don't have a country. We really don't have a country anymore. And you have half the people stepping on our, our, our precious traditions and values and saying they don't mean anything more or they, they actually oppose them. Do we have a country? We have no borders. Do we have a country? I mean, what is a country? Uh uh, kind of a it's a geographical place with well-defined borders with commonly shared values not we don't agree about everything but we have kind of a, a general sense of the direction we want to go right and we don't seem to have that anymore uh no we got and there are too many people or too few people willing to stand up to this crazy left-wing lunatic mob I noticed this over the weekend. If you are a leftist, especially if you are a leftist of color, uh, you can say whatever you want, and it's probably going to shut up whoever you're talking to, and race is a factor here. Now, it's, it's very cynical because I believe that those on the left, and I'm talking about the people that MSNBC hires, you know, watch it. Watch the weekend programming. They have decided, you know, for whatever reason, we're going to make it all about race all weekend long. So how do we do that? We give Al Sharpton a show. We give uh, we give the campaign manager for Stephanie Abrams a show. We give all these, and they all happen to look a certain way, and then they pretend that they represent others who, what's the phrase again, look, look like them. I hate that phrase, by the way. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Do I sit here and say that... Uh, I represent the thinking of white people. No, that's kind of crazy. That's silly. That's stupid. Why is it though that I can see? I can turn on MSNBC and see somebody, and they like they they pretend to speak for black folk. They'll actually say that out loud. I speak for black folk. And you know what? You really got to watch out for. You know they they really mean business there on MSNBC when they stop when they start dropping y'all. Y'all, Y apostrophe A-L-L. Y'all. Now, the only person when I was growing up who said y'all was, um, I think, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton said it. One guy on Hee Haw said it. I guess the whole cast did a little bit. And now it's a thing. It is a virtue signaling thing, especially when race comes into play. And somehow that's like really genuine and that's really authentic. It's going to shut people up. I don't, I don't know what you all thinking, but that doesn't work on me. Whatever you, it doesn't work. Let's talk about ideas. Let's stop talking about the shell, the shell. Hey, it's one of the reasons why people on the left, they roll their eyes these days at the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King who in my book, his value just goes up and up and up. The stuff he talked about, the nonviolence, uh, uh, peace and understanding, and judging folks by not the color of their skin, but the content of the character. I mean, who could, who could object? Who could? Well, the left does, and they don't like that anymore. And that's why <laughs> when we quote him, it drives them nuts. And like, it's so not hip. There's some folks from that era they love quoting, like the terrorist Angela Davis, um, like Malcolm X. By the way, talk about a weirdo hater. Malcolm X. And that's somehow a righteous thing you can do. You can pick up the autobiography of Malcolm X. I made it about 40 pages, and then I got a little bit tired of him calling Jesus the white devil. 
All right. I mean, just whoever says that they like that book and that they like Malcolm X is either they've got big problems or they didn't bother to read the book, to really read the book. And speaking of big problems, I put Barack Obama in that category because he did read the book. One of his favorite books, so important to him, and he does have big problems. He re- I mean, he's what a greedy guy. Greedy. You know, I, I heard that he likes Cellini watches. Have you ever heard of a Cellini watch? It's like the, it's like the Maybach of Mercedes. It's like the high-end Rolex. I've never heard of it. It's a Cellini. Rolex makes these old, old-timey antique watches. They're but they're new. And um, Obama has fifty of them. Fifty of them. He's a gangster. Oh, he's a gangster, and so is Michelle. They roll like gangsters, cribs all over the place. Um, boy, were we taken for a ride or what? We were taken for such a ride. Did not give a damn. Hey, one other thing, and I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Obama. I mean, I really like Ron DeSantis, but I made news on Friday when I came out and I said, Ron, don't run until you grow up a little bit. He needs some seasoning. A lot of people got upset that I said that, um, but this whole nonsense about, ooh, January 6th and Trump, I don't know, I don't know. Um, First of all, they're lying. They're trying to create a divide between us and him. Don't let it work. It's phony. And as it was pointed out to me over the weekend, you know, just, just wait. Just wait until Trump gets the ball and he'll start scoring points and beating them bad. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Can Mitt Romney do damage? Can he do damage? By the way, what a weirdo, huh? He's He was the governor of Massachusetts. Now he's a senator of Utah. U.S. senator from Utah, one of them. What does that say about his uh, political viability and his loyalty, right? Just runs around the country looking for constituents to like him. The guy's never been reelected to anything, actually. He wasn't reelected as governor of Massachusetts. It was a one-termer. And this is his first term in the United States Senate. Who does he think he is? Other than a guy who got totally outclassed, outshined, outmaneuvered by Trump every step of the way. And Trump is a man who impacted this country the way... Mitt Romney will only be able to dream, will only be able to dream. And the thing about Mitt Romney that you got to understand is the guy has been looking at himself in the mirror at the age of 12 saying, I will be president someday. I will be president. I mean, look at me. Look at my hair. Look at me. My father's a governor. I'm going to be, I will be president. Um, but it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> and it hasn't worked out that way. People took a good look at Mitt Romney and they weren't impressed. Um, sorry, Mitt, it happens. You don't got it. You just don't got it. And oh, by the way, like a lot of politicians I don't like, I see he has something. Should I mention this? Well, a lot of politicians I don't like get into very weird, mysterious car accidents when they're in their younger years. I got a little bit more research to do, but uh, something bizarre happened when he was in France. So he's bitter that he's not president. He doesn't really stand for much of anything. And now he's sounding, I don't know, I I think this is one last attempt for him to say, look at me, America, please love me, uh, and I'm going to run as an independent, something along those lines, all right? So he takes out this op-ed. Now, is it a big deal? 
in the swamp, it's a big deal. But here's why I'm looking at it and why I'm reacting the way I am. He says too many Americans are blithely dismissing threats that could prove cataclysmic. And one of those things that we're not taking seriously is inflation. Inflation. How the hell can he say that, huh? Inflation. Every time. This guy has no concept, no concept of uh, your life or my life. None. And he's not interested. And he thinks Joe Biden is a great guy. How about this? Ready? President, this is Mitt Romney's words. President Joe Biden is a genuinely good man. Now, number one, that's not true. (laughs) Okay? I mean, that's such a stupid throwaway line. Joe Biden said about Mitt Romney that he wants to put American black people in chains. Is that a good man? Is it a good man who stands up in a crowd of people and lies for at least three minutes as he tells his life story and every single component of it is a lie? That's how I first got to know him back in 1987 when he was running for president. This 45-year-old punk thought he could be my president, pretending that he graduated at the top of his law school class, pretending that he got awards that he didn't get, pretending that he got three degrees as an undergraduate. None of it was true. Um, Let's see here. President Joe Biden is a genuinely good man, but he has yet been unable to break through our national malady of denial, deceit, and distrust. A return of Donald Trump would feed the sickness, probably rendering it incurable. Oh, come on. First of all, he'd be great. You got. You know what you should have done? You should have written an op-ed thanking him for Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, and Justice Kavanaugh. That's what you should have done. Three in one term? What do you have to show for yourself, Mitt? Nothing but resume padding. Resume padding in Massachusetts. Resume burnishing in Utah. Nobody likes you, Mitt. And your ideas stink. And oh, by the way, you're a greedy SOB. He's a greedy son of a bitch. And I'm going to show you tonight. I got pictures of this guy uh, smoking a $100 bill as if it were a cigar and he's some sort of Gordon Gecko. That brings me to Liz Cheney, by the way. Bad and mad, the two of these. Uh, what did Liz say over the weekend? You Can you believe that the swamp thinks that this is presidential material? This broken down, disheveled uh, uh, bag lady is somehow going to be our president? Let me hear, please. What does it say about the party choosing somebody to replace you who was effectively chosen by Donald Trump? You know, and, and is saying what he's been saying, that those very lies that you're talking about. I think it's dangerous. Uh, I think that, that we have to recognize how quickly things can unravel. We have to recognize uh, what it means for the nation to have uh, a former president who uh, has not conceded and who continues to suggest that our electoral system cannot function cannot do the will of the people uh, to, to cause that kind of questioning uh, about our process. Frankly, it's the same kinds of things that the, the Chinese Communist Party says about democracy, that it's a failed system, that America is a failed nation. I won't be part of that. Uh, and I think it's very important for Republicans who won't be part of that to stand up and speak out. You know, it's dangerous. Liz Cheney invading the wrong country, invading Iraq. All right. And finding no weapons of mass destruction and screwing a country, two countries, a region for 20 years. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. You know, Donald Trump has concerns about the electoral system. A lot of people do. 
You know, it's okay totally on the left. I see leftists all day long. They want to get rid of the Electoral College. They want to get rid of it because they, they don't know how to win through it. They don't, they don't like it, but that's okay. You can scrap the Electoral College. You can pack the Supreme Court. You can get rid of the filibuster. That's not dangerous, but Donald Trump is. Donald Trump's tweets are dangerous. Again, and actually to the frustration of some, Donald Trump in many ways was a by-the-book president. A by-the-book president. He's, he, 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 I showed it last week. You know, he, he would complain about getting overruled at the district court. And then we'll go to the appellate court, and they'll rule against us, and then we'll try again, and we'll lose, and then we'll go to the Supreme Court, where I think we'll win, and if we don't, we're going to go back to the district court on another case. Like, anyway, he played by the rules. Don't believe the hype. Even some of the hype that uh, President Trump pushes every now and then. It's it's okay. We get it. We take him seriously, not literally, and that's okay. We'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, Hunter Biden sighting. Hunter Biden was at the 4th of July fireworks display at the White House. Uh, Don't know anything else. Uh, By the way, I've been to that. It is a pain in the neck. You got to stand around for four hours. It's, It's always way too hot. And grimy, and then the president comes out like he's uh, the emperor, and he waves. I don't know. I, 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 when was I last there? George W. Bush was president, and uh, I don't want to sound like a party pooper, whatever. But it was a great big waste of time. I could not stand it. Hey, if you ever thought that Joe Biden had a clue, he does not. Uh, look, I would not to say I, I, I love fireworks. I just don't love the four hour wait ahead of time. All right. Joe Biden is as clueless as ever. My message to the companies running gas stations. He tweeted this. He tweeted this. They actually let him put this out. And setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Talk about a guy who wants you to be afraid. He wants you to be afraid. It's not leadership. Remember, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And this guy's trying to make you afraid. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product. And do it now. Ooh, wow. Exxon Mobil, they're really, they're really scared. Actually, they are somewhat scared because they're like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know how the economy works. We're not doing this. We're just, we're, we're. It's uh, it, Joe could free up so much right now. He closed it down. He said he would. He said he would close it all down, and he did. And he did. Another. Wow. Maybe, I guess he's there because he's so adept and guilt-free when it comes to lying. Hey, Mark is on the phone somewhere in New York. Hi, Mark. Can you hear me? I, uh, yeah, turn the radio off. All right, hold on, Mark. I'm going to put you on hold for a second. I, you don't sound that good. Put the radio down. Let's go to Alex in Brooklyn. Alex, hello. Greg? Yeah. Yeah, Greg, thanks for taking the call. Um, actually, you know, Hunter Biden, the hardest work he's ever done, has stood in at the White House for four hours waiting for those fireworks. Anything else he hasn't really worked for. But I, ha- I have three things I wanted to talk with you about. Three. Just, uh, the first thing is... All right, what? Yeah, the first thing is... 
the left is making everything about the color of the Hey, this skin. is a no, no, no. I don't want to ever hear anybody say that I, I've got three things to talk to you about. That's immediately I start looking at my watch, all right? I, I heard a broadcaster who I like come out right out of the box. They're doing a little special teaser, and they announce to everybody, I only ha- I've got five things I want to share with you. I'm like, five things? Just You never have to say how many points you got. Just start making the points, and then we'll see how we go. All right, Alex, go away. Fire ahead with your uh, go. Yes. So they're making everything about race, and they're going by the color of the skin, and it seems like they're very pro the black people. But Pro the black people. I don't know if I'd put it that way, but keep going. Well, they're not, but they're making it look like that when all these people are white people that are trying to gain control of this country using the black people and the black votes. And once they gain control of this country, they're not going to be helping the black people in any way because they certainly don't like them. They're taking advantage of them and just using them for the votes. But the second thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Sir Famalado. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would refine your argument just a little bit, a little, a little bit. All right, because there's there there are a lot of there's a lot going on right there, and you know the black people being used by the white people. I I don't know if I there is a hell of a lot of exploitation going on. But all right, Alex, what's the other thing you wanted to say? Okay, about the gas and the oil and gas prices. Um, I think we're cutting too much slack for those. Gas companies. I know Joe Biden is responsible for the gas prices, but they're making more money than they ever had in the history of oil and gas. People are driving less than ever before, by the way. I uh, well, actually, there was, I hear a lot of people did get to the road. Uh, no, uh, look, Biden said he was going to shut down the spigot, and he did. He did. Remember, he got into that little girl's face and he said, "We're going to get off fossil fuel. I promise you, we're going to do it. Watch me." And that's what they've done. Alex, thanks. Uh, let's see here. Mark is in Hackensack, New Jersey. What's up? Yes, good afternoon. How are you doing, Greg? Fine. Good for you. Good for you. You sound <laughs> a little grump. Well, anyway, uh, uh, all right, Mark. You know what? You're not, you know, I mean, uh, I really don't need your uh, commentary on my mood. Uh, thank you anyway. Uh, let's go to Muncie in New Jersey. Muncie, what's up? You're always good. What's up? I believe that this soccer player, the female soccer player, got the Medal of Honor. Well, you know what's even worse than her is the first person who got the uh, COVID shot. A nurse who got the COVID shot, I guess she's the first one, is getting the Medal of Freedom. The Medal of Freedom. The Medal of Freedom. And um, I think that they should give it to the people who underwent the testing, don't you? I mean, that's a bit more than... Uh, yeah, I, I just anyway, it's 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 bizarre. It's weird. Let's see who else is getting it. Denzel Washington's getting it. That's okay. Megan Rapino, that's not okay. Uh, you know, they gave it to Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong and Michael Collins when they got back from the moon. That's okay. Yeah, amazing, right? What they get, getting a shot. All right. What did you want to say anyway? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That upsets me. I mean, yeah. isn't it belittling the metal? Isn't it lowering the bar? Yes, I would say so. But you know what? I mean, it's not something that comes up every single day. Let's face it. The Medal of Freedom. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to get too worked up about it. I mean, I, I think it's a bit of a joke. Uh, I am going to show footage of this nurse who got a shot like we all did. She gets the Medal of Freedom. I guess this is a, you know, somehow supporting the uh, the healthcare workers or something like that. But no, she was the first. I want to give it to the people who who actually underwent the testing, you know, who underwent the testing. Hey, listen to this. This is the. Uh, oh, J.D. J.B. Pritzker. He's a real jerk governor of Illinois. Uh, Listen to this. Cut 39, please. Cut 39. 
If you're angry today, I'm here to tell you, be angry. I'm furious. I'm no. furious that yet more innocent lives were taken by gun violence. I'm furious that their loved ones are forever broken by what took place today. I'm furious that children and their families have been traumatized. I'm furious that this is happening in communities all across Illinois and America. I'm furious because it does not have to be this way. And yet we as a nation, well, we continue to allow this to happen. There are going to be people who say that today is not the day, that now is not the time to talk about guns. I'm telling you, there is no better day and no better time than right here and right now. Fine. Why aren't you furious when uh, dozens of people get killed in Chicago every single day, shot in Chicago every single day? Why is the fury so selective? Hmm? He's the governor of the entire state. 70 plus people were shot in Chicago yesterday. How many days? Children, children lose their lives. Now, one of the reasons why he gets really furious about this, and it's obviously a bad story, it's tragic, but because there's points to be uh, accumulated against the NRA, against Republicans, you know, urban crime, handguns, people shooting each other, especially going back to uh, our 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 friend, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but black, young black children shooting other young black children. I mean, this is happening. It's really, really great. But I, the fury doesn't seem to be there. That's just somehow accepted. Isn't that, isn't that strange? Why would that be? Well, it's it's because you know black lives matter of course right but not to the black lives matter movement you've heard me say this before the black lives matter movement only cares when a black life is taken by a white cop why do they care on those occasions because a a let's see you can achieve money power maybe even some fame right and talking about a white cop killing a black child but that is incredibly rare incredibly rare or a white cop killing a black person very very rare unfortunately it's commonplace commonplace happened happens all the time happens all the time and uh boy why was he was really worked up about that wasn't he one i just listened to this uh, 39 if you're angry today i'm here to tell you be angry hey here's something i'm angry about why don't why am I being told once again that I can't talk about mental health on a day like today? They don't want anybody to talk about mental health. Um, you know, Donald Trump said, and I think we can't we cannot ignore that we just shut down the country for two years and that had a deleterious effect on mental health. Trump was saying it all along. We're gonna create drug addicts, we're gonna have mental health issues, there's gonna be suicides. Do you remember how they treated him? Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. That's been debunked. Dr. Fauci didn't say it. We don't believe it. He was the only one saying it, actually. And it's amazing. They say he doesn't have empathy. Oh, he only he doesn't have empathy. He was the only one thinking about people losing their jobs at home with the liquor cabinet and nothing to do. You know, we know that the lockdown really affected that Buffalo shooter, probably this uh, poor soul as well. Cremo, the alleged shooter here. Is that his name? Cremo? 20, he'll be 22 in September. What else? I went through some of his social media postings. It doesn't make any sense. The only thing I will say is he looks very much like an Antifa guy, right down to the face tattoo. And face tattoos are almost always, always a, a really bad sign. Almost always.
I can't think of one decent uh, law-abiding person who has a face tattoo. Well, wait a second. I can think of one. Mike Tyson. Okay. Mike Tyson I happen to like. And uh, Mike, Mike's okay. Mike's good people, I hope. Uh, has he gotten into trouble lately? Well, he got he punched out some guy on a plane, but that guy started the fight. That guy started the fight. Hey, here's somebody I want to check in on. They call him the Bodega Bro. His name is Griff Green. I got to shoot him a message on Twitter. I think he's fantastic. This guy is like 23 years old. He moves to New York City for a job at a tech firm. And he's living, you know, he's trying to save money. So he, he, he lives in the South Bronx. It's like his first weekend night in New York City. And it's time to go grocery shopping. And there are no grocery stores around him. He, he has to go into bodega after bodega. And we know that, you know, bodegas are, well, a little bit of an adventure, right? They're cramped. They're kind of smelly. You got a cat in there. You know, it's not exactly Whole Foods. And this guy points that out. He grabs his camera and he says that all. Cut 29. Okay, so I just moved to New York, and I'm trying to go grocery shopping, and so I type in, like, grocery stores on my Apple Maps, and, like, every one I go to, like, I'm walking, too, like, they're, like, this, or, like, like, this, like, bro, that's not a grocery store, like, I'm trying to get, like, eggs, yogurt, like, cheese, like, like that, right? Like, look at this place. I've literally been to like five of those now. And like, I don't know what the f I'm about to do for dinner. Like, where are the Kroger's and like the Whole Foods at? Like, I'm about to eat like, like cereal and ramen for dinner. Like, what? All right. Uh, I don't have a problem with anything he just said. I mean, it's true. If you got to go grocery shopping for your family, you're out of luck if you got to go to a bodega. It's not that kind of place. You might buy a lottery ticket, a bottle of water, but you know, you don't want to do any serious shopping there and they what do they call them? They call them food deserts. We have them here in New York City where you don't have access to fresh fruit and vegetables or uh, you know, a great big beautiful grocery store like they have in basically everywhere else in the country. Everywhere else in the country, these grocery stores. I remember when I first moved to, uh, I really noticed it when I was in Arizona. I was in this very small town called Yuma, and uh, they had the biggest, most beautiful grocery stores. It was amazing. And then you come back here. We only have one great grocery store, in my opinion, Gristidi's. Okay? We got Gristidi's. We have a couple of Whole Foods. We got some others. But by and large, you know, you really know. We don't have it. All right, so that guy uh, gets the attention of the social media mob. They start giving him a hard time. And then, in their opinion, he makes matters worse when he goes to the gym. He's complaining. He's not complaining. He's just pointing out the obvious. He's the only white guy in the neighborhood. And he puts on, and I think this is somewhat humorous, he's going to say, look at this T-shirt I'm wearing. It's an NAACP T-shirt. Is that, is, that, is that terrible? You know, everyone's talking about race all the time. Is is it is is you can't joke about it ever? I think you can. Let's see here. Cut thirty. I was in the McDonald's gym for my second workout in New York. Got shoulders and arms today. Um, I'm in the Bronx for a few weeks, so I'm like the only white dude in this whole gym. So I got this NAACP shirt. So uh, these people vibe with me more. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's totally fine. No, well, he said these people. Oh, my gosh. How racist can you get? That's not racist. I would find it funny if a, a similar situation, if some guy 
let's say he happened to be a person of color. What is a overwhelmingly white town? New Canaan, Connecticut, right? New Canaan, Connecticut. If 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 a fellow who happened to be African-American or let's say was from Nigeria and put on a Make America Great Again hat and said, you know, I'm trying to fit in here. <laughs> Although New Canaan's probably woke, too. It's not the worst thing in the world. So this poor guy loses his job. And it, what, what, what does he work for? Some company called Outreach. And Outreach says, this is this does not comport with our... Values. What values does your silly tech company have? Values. Every company has to talk about their values. Values. What about what about the First Amendment? What about freedom? What about freedom? Do you value that? I guess not. They can the guy. Because a couple of jerks with time on their hands criticize you for 10 minutes on the Internet. You realize they move on very quickly. They move on so fast. You can only stay mad at one thing for a finite amount of time. And then the mob moves on. But these corporate types, these corporate types don't get that. They don't understand. Let me know if you need a lesson. I can help. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just a little uh, background noise from Chicago this weekend. A bunch of people shooting fireworks at cop cars. Oh, gee. It sounds like Baghdad, Iraq. I've been to Baghdad, Iraq, and that's what it sounds like. Woo. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but the governor, the mayor, no, that's, uh, that's not part of the problem. It's only these rifles you got to worry about, just these rifles and, uh, Respect for law enforcement, totally gone. Hey, how about that, huh? You know, they're all talking about the election and how President Trump so doubts about the election. Although, by the way, it's very doubtable. All right, it is. But what about the doubts that they sowed about law enforcement and our country and how systemically racist it all is, right? And how cops were actually police is a vestige of slavery. Did you know that? This is the uh, theory of Nicole Hannah-Jones and her ilk that police were started as squads to catch slaves. Now, that's not true, actually, and you can go way, way, way back. Policing actually started in the U.K., in the United Kingdom, and they got constables, and that's where it started. No, this was not an anti-slavery or runaway slave patrol. But now you get pulled over, and all these thoughts kind of may cross your mind because you get a steady diet of all this stuff. Police are racist. This is a systemically racist country. Police have no right. They're they're targeting you. And I see white people, black people, Asian, everybody's mouthing off to the cops. And sometimes they're opening fire on the cops because of the poisonous rhetoric from the left, from the media, from politicians, all of them. The worst, the author of all this, no doubt about it, Barack Obama. Absolutely. He got it started. He actually got it started very early on in his administration. It was 2009. 2009, he decided. See, Obama's always had a a weird thing about him in his own head. And you know, you want to know what it is? Am I black enough? Am I black enough? See, folks actually in the hood don't trust him 
or didn't trust him initially. And by the hood, I mean downtown Chicago, Salsa, right, where he was trying to, you know, he wanted a foothold in politics. He ran for the United States Congress and lost in 2000. You know why? Because they didn't see him as black. It's been a political liability. The, the mixed race thing that I don't care about, I mean, everybody's got a story, fine, whatever. But in his particular race against a guy named Bobby Rush, they used that against him. They also used the fact that he went to Harvard and all these other places. And uh, where the hell did he grow up? Where the hell is he from? What, what, this, not me, Bobby Rush. Bobby Rush beat him by like 30 points. He was in, su- he was in such a rush to be uh, somebody, Barack Obama was. So... He pretended to be a centrist when he was trying to charm us back in 2008. And then he gets in there and he goes, full-blown radical. Full-blown radical. Why the hell was he opening his big mouth about a traffic? Was that a traffic stop? Remember Professor Gates at Harvard University? Professor Gates at Harvard is locked out of his house and goes through the window. And a neighbor sees this, and not all neighbors know each other these days. Sorry, it's true. It's America. We don't, we don't have block parties anymore. Some do. Most don't. A neighbor sees some guy going through the window and thinks the place is being robbed. So they call the cops, and the cops show up, and they're like, who are you? We just got a call. And he's like, I live here. God, who are you? How dare you question me? So Gates got so mad and so abusive that they actually arrested him because they could not – he, he was very belligerent. Now, you could say, well, the cops are there trying to prevent a burglary. Yes, a mistake was made. And Barack Obama himself knows Professor Gates well enough to know that he flies off the handle, that he's got a great big chip on his shoulder at times. And that's what happened. So he's president, and this is the thing that he wants to talk about. He arranges it so he's asked about this. He calls the cops stupid. He says they're dumb. He says they're racist. And this never should have happened. That's how it started. Remember then they had the beer summit. They had the beer summit because everybody was angry at Obama for saying this stuff. And then actually people on the left were angry that he had the beer summit. Why are you doing this? And in his memoir, in his own memoir, and you know what? I love reading these things sometimes. And I read it. I opened it up. And you can see the contempt he has. I know this sounds very raw and like, how could that be? But he has contempt for white people. He does. He doesn't, he doesn't think much. He doesn't think much of me because I'm white. It's kind of amazing. It really is. Remember when he made that assumption that uh, if you met Clarence Clemens, the saxophonist for Bruce Springsteen in a bar... White people would call him the N-word. Anyway, in his memoir, he says he felt bad about having to be nice to the police officer during the beer summit. He felt bad about that. And the staff felt bad about it, too. They didn't want to be nice to this guy. They wanted to treat him as the enemy. But for optics, and because they were tanking in the polls, and nobody saw it, the way that Obama saw, they, they they pretended to be nice to him. But he admits it. He admits it. He doesn't like the guy. Doesn't like him. Huh? How about that? And then it got worse. Trayvon Martin and all that stuff. Hey, when we come back locally, locally here in New York, I'm going to get rid of the bikes. I'm going to get rid of city bikes when I'm mayor. 
I am going to appoint a police commissioner who can do the job, and I will not be afraid to let him or her go to a press conference on his or her own. Right now, Eric Adams is afraid to do that. Won't let it happen. He wants to pretend that he's the police commissioner. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, the uh, shooter, the alleged shooter in Illinois, the one who allegedly shot six people. We know six people were shot, but allegedly it was this guy, Robert Bobby Cremo, 21 years old. He was dressed up in women's clothes. He was dressed up in women's clothes. How unusual is that? Where the hell would he have gotten an idea like that? (laughs) Everywhere. Let's see here. Cremo was dressed in women's clothing, and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity. Hmm. He was seen on video camera in women's clothing, or maybe he just had a thing for women's clothing. I mean, seems like uh, half of America does these days. Um, And I'm not talking about just the half of America. That's women. He may have even donned a hairpiece to complete his disguise, authorities said. A wig is not out of the question, investigators said. Investigators, let's see here. The twisted cover was designed to make it appear almost as if he was an innocent spectator himself. Uh, Who is this guy? Cavelli. He wore that in an attempt to conceal himself. Cremo, an amateur rapper, immediately went to his mother's house nearby and borrowed her car to flee, authorities said. There was no indication he told his mother what he'd just done. He remained on the loose for hours after the mass shooting, but was nabbed by police Monday night, about five miles from the scene, when a bystander spotted his vehicle and alerted 911. Cops found another rifle in the suspect's car and more firearms described as potentially pistols, potentially, in his apartment in nearby Highwood after he was eventually taken into custody. He's 21. He has in his own apartment. Hey. Uh, authorities said Cremo had purchased the weapons locally and legally. Um, by the way, they got massive. I mean, they got all kinds of gun laws in Illinois. Charges were expected to be filed against Cremo uh, on Tuesday. We do believe Cremo pre-planned this attack for several weeks, adding that investigators were still trying to determine a motive. Investigators have been in discussions with him. I do I don't have anything to say about motivation thus far because it hasn't been provided. Um, We have no indication to suggest at this point it was racially motivated, motivated by religion. Authorities are reviewing disturbing social media posts Cremo had posted online. Well, here's something. I have a feeling he hates America. That seems to be driving him. He looks like he's Antifa. And this is kind of fascinating. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. And... He looks like an Antifa guy. What can I tell you? And he looks like uh, he's only 120 pounds and six feet tall. Gosh. There's a headline, a newspaper right behind him. He's just in his weirdo bedroom, and he's got borderline satanic etchings on the wall, it looks like. And he's got a headline of a newspaper. It's from 1963. Oswald slain in jail shift. Oswald, Lee Harvey Oswald, and there's that picture of Oswald getting shot. You know where he's standing right next to the guy with a cowboy hat? Wow. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Sad. Terrible. Kind of like all the other violence that we've been seeing. Is it kind of like? Well, I think it's fair to bring up. I mean, yeah, six people shot in Highland. This is terrible. This is awful. 
What about the 70-plus people who were shot in Chicago this weekend? Just another weekend. Just another weekend. 20-something people shot in New York City. Two police officers shot in Philadelphia. Um, You know, if we had a president who was on it, you could make this stuff a priority. You could. You could get on the phone with the district attorneys, with the the chiefs of police. I heard uh, footage over the weekend of... um, who was it? Nixon talking to Rockefeller about a prison riot. They were they were discussing Attica. This guy was not afraid because he know he knew the levers of power. He did, and he wanted to get things done, not just make sure his son didn't get indicted. And I think that's the only real motivation Joe Biden seems to have. Hey, be careful when you're in the city, especially around those um, cyclists. Hey, the ones that I prefer now are the city bikers, although I got a big problem with them. Usually they're just on their way to work or on their way home. So a couple of things this weekend. I saw it must have been 900 random people, like, but in a pack, on bicycles. They just went you know, 900 people going for a bike ride on Central Park South. They went through lights. Traffic couldn't go. You know, It was just the bike gang. There were all kinds of boys and girls, men and women, you know, just all kinds. And they were like, get the hell out of the way. This road is ours. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Don't we have the bike lanes for that? And I saw guys popping wheelies. I think you should pop wheelies. um, I don't know. You shouldn't pop wheelies like that. You pop wheelies at the playground. Don't pop wheelies like that when you're going down the street. I, I, I guess that was benign compared to the biker gang I had an encounter with. Uh, they're actually on those scooters, those, uh, what do they call them, the forerunners. The, they're like dune buggies. Some were on motorcycles, some were on dune buggies. Really loud. And I'm walking across the street with the missus, and all of a sudden they start, they're they're. They're sitting at the red light, but then they decide, well, we've had enough of this red light, and then they just go for it. And one comes rather close to me, and I'm like, yo, red light. And then he stops, and then he starts saying something to me. I can't hear him, but he's upset and angry. Imagine that. He's angry at me. He goes through the red light. He almost hits me, and he's upset. And then he does something with his bike to make it go bam, 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 like, like, like a backfire sound. I think you can do that if you if you know anything about motorbikes. I think you can do something to make that happen. Thinking that I would flinch. I didn't flinch. I probably should have. This is the last time I'm going to say, hey, buddy, it's a red light. <laughs> I, I think if his motorbike weren't so loud, I could hear him, and he would have been able to hear me, and the words exchanged would have it would have escalated. And that would not have been good. I, what, what am I going to? Why, why? Why? Why do that? I used to be that guy. I used to be like, you You disrespect me? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Not anymore. No. No. Okay. Nice take. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. All right. Oh, was I in your way? Okay. Sorry. I'll take care of it later. I'll take care of it when I'm mayor. I'll be able to point to the cops and say, hey, you see that guy? Arrest him. Hey, did you see that? Did you see that guy breaking the law? Stop him. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Yes, I'm thinking about it. I am thinking about it. And then I will demand that Governor Hochul get the hell out of our way. 
I don't think I demand anything. I just walk all over her. And let's see here. She is so bad, so silly, and I can't believe it looks like a – is New York going to actually elect her? This nobody from Buffalo? Can't happen. Can't happen. we got to help Lee Zeldin. I love that guy now. The primary's over. I like Giuliani and Astorino more, but now I love Zeldin. Cut 31, please. This is Governor Hochul trying to explain something that she can't explain. Cut 31. Do you have the numbers to show that it's the concealed carry permit holders that are committing crimes? I don't need to have numbers. I don't have to have a data point to point to to say that this is going to matter. All I know is I have a responsibility to the people of this state to have sensible gun safety laws. And this one was not devised by the Hochul administration. It comes out of an administration from 1908. I don't need a data point to make the case that I have a responsibility to protect the people of this state. Um... The 1908 law that was ruled unconstitutional, that law. So she is subverting the law. And she sounds pretty damn cocky about it, doesn't she? Because that's the only note she knows how to play. When she actually tries to be thoughtful, we can see right through her. We can understand that she knows nothing. Uh, And by the way, it looks like she just might be a corrupt politician. Yeah. A real dirty uh, pay-to-play politician. I want to read you something from Bob McManus. You know this dude from the New York Post? He's been around forever. He's a great guy, great insight. Listen to this. There is nothing subtle about Governor Kathy Hochul's approach to ethical government. She's against it, and it shows. But there's something perversely refreshing about Hochul's contempt for conflict of interest convention. She scarcely pretends to care. And how often does that happen? Okay. It's unclear whether this reflects arrogance or just more evidence of executive chamber dim bulbism. Oh, I love that dim bulbism. The accidental governor hasn't been around long enough for an aide to go to prison, a hallmark of the previous administration. But Hochul seems to be working on that. (laughs) Take this gem, courtesy of the Times Albany Union. Uh, Last year, according to Bragg, uh, let's see here. Oh, Chris Bragg is a reporter, not Alvin Bragg, that guy we don't like. Hochul Policy Director Micah Lasher received an after-hours email from de- Manhattan developer and significant Hochul campaign contributor Paul Milstein. It seemed that the state liquor authority had denied a booze permit that Milstein sought, and the developer demanded that the decision be reversed. And guess what? It got reversed. Lickety-split. Lickety split. Give Kim. It doesn't sound like the worst thing I've ever heard, but let's see here. She was a second tier player in Western New York when Andrew Cuomo, the prince of Albany pay to play, picked her for lieutenant governor. Whereupon two things swiftly happened. Her husband, Bill, a lawyer with no obvious relevant experience, was named general counsel to Buffalo based casino entertainment giant Delaware North. And Delaware North began lobbying the lieutenant governor's office. Well, that stinks. (laughs) That stinks. Subsequently, Hochul engineered an $850 million taxpayer-funded cash bath for a pro football stadium in Buffalo, a deal from which, serendipitously or otherwise, Delaware North stands to make a bundle as the stadium's concessions holder. Mm, That also stinks. None of this appears to have been illegal, so perhaps it's just further evidence of the Hochul administration aiming to serve whomever. 
but it's definitely the Albany way. There's so much discretionary economic development money floating around the capital city that shenanigans are inevitable. The second most powerful man in Andrew Cuomo's administration went to prison for development-related bribe receiving. Plus, federal prosecutors spent much of the former governor's tenure probing lookalike schemes and scams up and down the Mohawk River-Hudson River corridors. Hochul lived through much of this, so no one would think she'd be sensitive to the optics of ethical corner-cutting, if not its actual substance. Uh, One would be wrong. Nearly sworn in last summer and in need of a lieutenant governor of her own, Hochul quickly settled on Brian Benjamin of Harlem, a then-state senator well-known for small beer boodling in the Tammany style. Soon, Benjamin was indicted on federal corruption charges. He's scheduled for trial in January. And if Hochul was surprised by this, she was in a minority of one. Apparently, everybody knew. Wow, wow, wow. And Benjamin, by the way, is a defund the police type. And she was entering an election year concerned about her left flank. Yeah. So she went with him. Uh, I think she's really bad news, don't you? This is... uh, All right, Lee Zeldin, how do we help? Let's get him on the phone. Let's, uh, let's, Let's do what we can. Um, it's the least we can do, right? Um, yes. There's something else I need to tell you about. O.J. Simpson. What is he back in the news for? Isn't it amazing? I mean, let's face it. I mean, he killed his wife, right? (laughs) He killed his wife and that guy, Goldman. I mean, terrible. And if he didn't do it, I think he, I think he hired the guy who did it and watched him do it. That's kind of what I think happened. Uh, and he's out there, a free man. He already did his time for, he got more time. He got significant time. How long? Eight years, 10 years for that holdup in Las Vegas. And here's O.J. Simpson on Roe v. Wade. Doesn't look like he's he's uh, down with Roe v. Wade being overturned. Cut 36. I think women should have the right to decide uh, uh, what happens uh, with their bodies. And isn't it ironic? Oh, I get it. That's cute. Somebody mixed that. Thank you. Thank you. It is kind of ironic, though. She, Nicole, Nicole Simpson had the right to not have her head cut off. It was damn near cut off. Remember that? Do you remember where you were during the Bronco chase? That's almost 30 years ago. People still remember. That was one of the most surreal things that ever happened. Oh, I'm up against a break. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Joe Biden's losing support from the left, uh, losing support, losing the support, I think, from Barack Obama himself. Barack Obama is sick of Joe Biden, can't stand him, doesn't never like the guy. This is David Axelrod, who is basically like Obama's brother. They're so tight. Um, This is a it may not sound like a big deal, but for him. So Joe Biden slammed the Supreme Court in Madrid, right? He said, um. This is the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, let's see here. This is the Roe v. Wade thing, his reaction a couple of days ago, but it's imp- an important seed to plant. Cut seven, please. Cut seven. We have the strongest economy in the world. Our inflation rates are lower than other nations in the world. The one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States on overruling not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy. We've been a leader in the world in terms of personal rights and privacy rights. And it is a mistake, in my view, for the Supreme Court to do what it did. I can understand why the American people are frustrated. 
because of what the Supreme Court did. I can understand why the American people are frustrated because of inflation. All right. Well, there's that. And then there's this. You tell me, is he in touch with America right now? He said this, I think, yesterday. This is Joe Biden on how unified we are. Cut six. It's we, the people. Not a hollow phrase in America. We, the people, doing all we can to ensure that the idea of America, the cause of freedom and justice and equality, does more than survive the divisions of our time, but that it shines like the sun to light up the future of our world. I know, I know we can do this. I know many Americans look around today and see a divided country and are deeply worried about that fact. I understand, but I believe we're more united than we are divided. Eh, All right, whatever. It's the kind of thing. Does he have to yell all of his speeches? Really yelling. So who's watching this? Uh, Barack Obama's chief advisor. I think they still talk a lot. David Axelrod. Listen to this. Cut. 10. Again, this is an Obama guy, all right? And he's not digging Joe at all. When the president got into those questions, gas prices and inflation and abortion rights, there was a lot less of that certainty, a lot less of that emphatic nature uh, of his initial presentation on NATO because he doesn't have great answers. Um, eh. By Democrat standards, this is pulling the rug out from under Joe Biden. They don't do this. They don't acknowledge the truth. So people are seeing the writing on the wall. 71% of the American people want him gone. Hey, by the way, you know, when he was saying, we the people, we the people, we the people, somebody wrote an article, I, the people, that's powerful, but they try, they're trying to say that we the people are the three most powerful words in the English language. If you can link those words, we the people. Um, I saw that article. It was interesting. But when you say it all the time, it doesn't work. It doesn't have the same impact. So keep that in mind when you hear the left talking about we the people. It's a it's a word game. And speaking of word games, uh, Kamala Harris is, uh, (laughs) uh, first of all, does she genuinely find the high gas prices funny? It sounds like she does. Cut 11. Yeah, what we need to do domestically, what we need to do to bring down the cost of gas. Well, right? <laughs> right? I seen a meme the other day that said, me Googling online how to make gas at home. Okay? Ooh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Hilarious. <laughs> mm, who's that person she's having so much fun with? Who's that? Who was that? It sounded a little bit like Wanda Sykes, but uh, I uh, I don't know for sure. Hey, Glenn is in Edison, New Jersey. Hi, Glenn. Talking about all these shootings and stuff like this, this happened like June 16th. But police quickly ended a potential siege of a children's sports camp Monday when they fatally shot a gunman who had opened fire. The unidentified man, but he was a black man. They're calling him an identified man appeared to have fired twice at Duncanville Fieldhouse, a youth sports and trading venue. The armed suspect entered to the right, It sounds like you're reading met. something. What's the point of this? Well, he was met by staff members who had uh, exchanged gunfire with them and they let all the teachers bring the kids in and lock, lock them into their rooms. So he went outside, started shooting through the windows, and the police showed up in two minutes and killed him. But you don't hear anything like this on the news or anything. Well, you just gave us an update. I mean, uh, sounds. I mean, uh, look, everything's covered. You can find that on the news. Sounds like it's not the biggest story in the world. Where did it happen? 
so it's not news, I guess. Where did it happen? And what are you reading Duncanville, from? Duncanville, Texas. All right. Uh, where where are you reading it from? Um, Officer Tatum. I looked it up on uh, DuckDuckGo. But right, what's your point? Are you a, are you uh, you're offended that it's not a bigger story? I mean, they got the guy. That's good news. Uh, did anybody die? News that the staff did anybody hold on? Did did, did and, and any, confronted? I got you. I got you. That happens. Did anybody die? Uh, the the guy with the handgun. The guy with the the bad guy died. All right. Well, you yeah. know. All right. So, and your beef is that this should be a bigger story. I'm afraid to. Uh, all right. And your beef is that this should be a bigger story, right? Well, I haven't seen anything about it, so I just found it now. Yeah. Uh, and you got it from Officer Tatum. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Glenn, uh, thank you. Uh, look, I'm, I'm angry about everything. I'll try to work that in. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, Alex is in Mountain View, California. Hi, Alex. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to comment about your earlier comment about the U.S. not having a unifying culture. Um, I think by the year 2040, the United States will, will definitely not have a unifying dominant Western culture because our borders would have been open for too long. Alex, you're a very smart guy, and I'm worried that you're correct. He's calling from Mountain View. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So you've heard about this Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner, she is a WNBA basketball player. I don't know much about the WNBA. Do you? Um, She's pretty good. What team does she play for? What teams exist? I don't know. Um... But she's good, she's tall, basketball player, and uh, happens to be a lesbian, happens to be married to a woman. And she also, and this is the most important part, I'll get to the wife matter and what she's saying in a second, but she is being detained by the Russian government in Moscow. It looks like she's facing a hell of a lot of jail time. What is her crime? A little bit of hash, hashish, weed, pot, whatever, found in a vaping stick that she had with her when she was over there for some sort of exhibition tournament. Um, You know, we don't roll that way here. Uh, You know, if you got it, smoke it, right? I mean, everybody, it's just been so legalized. I really don't... Look, I don't smoke the stuff. I don't think anybody should smoke the stuff. But if, if she... I've been to Russia, and they don't exactly tell you on your way over there that everything's different. I mean, you kind of should know that yourself, but... You just don't, you know, you think if you can do it here, you can do it there, and I'm an American, nothing's going to happen to me. Uh, that's not the case. They they did not sit me down to tell me any of this stuff, and I'm not surprised they didn't sit de- her down. So she was arrested at the airport with this weed in her pocket uh, pen, vape stick, whatever it was, and she's looking at like 10 years. And uh, I think the trial starts on Friday, which is very weird. What trial starts on a Friday? Do they have the typical Monday through Friday work week in Russia? Or is it different? I mean, some countries it's a little bit different, but whatever. Trial starts on Friday. She's facing real serious jail time. And I saw a statistic in the paper. 99% of all the accused in Russia are found guilty. Okay, so waging a defense is very difficult. So she's reaching out to Joe Biden. Joe Biden, help me. Now, I know. I have stuck up for this girl before online. They're like, screw her. She's all for Black Lives Matter and defund the cops and all that stuff. She's a crazy leftist. Well, she is an American. She has a passport. And I don't like the Russians holding one of our own for this. I just don't. I don't care what her political views are. I don't care what her viewpoints are. I want her back. I want her in America. 
and this has not received it's received some attention. You know, I see LeBron is still worried about white cops, you know, looking at somebody the wrong way in Ohio, but he's not particularly worried about Brittany Griner. I'd like to see her rescued. I'd like to see her sent back. And, you know, Donald Trump was all over this stuff. All over this stuff. Whenever one of our own detained in another country or held hostage, hostages in North Korea. Um, who was that rapper guy, uh, Techie Tech 9, something or other, who was detained in Sweden? And he was all over it. His national security advisor was, like, working on it full time. Get these. You got to get these guys back, Bob. Bob, you got to get them back. And Bob, with a lot of prompting from the president, would get these people back. Guess who doesn't give a damn? Joe Biden. (laughs) Joe Biden, you can't tell him anything. The staff knows that. Oh, boy, he'll yell at you. He'll scream at you. And does he seem like a a multitasker? I don't think he's much of a multitasker. So this is Brittany Griner's wife on one of the morning shows saying we haven't received even a phone call from the administration. Go ahead. Initially, you know, I was told, you know, just we're going to try and reserve, you know, we're going to try and handle this behind scenes and, you know, let's not raise her value and, you know, stay quiet. And, you know, I did that. And and, and respectfully, we're, we're over 140 days at this point. That does not work. And so I will not be quiet anymore. Um, I will find that balance of, you know, harm versus help in pushing our government to do everything that's possible because being quiet, they are not moving. They are not doing anything. And so um, my wife is struggling and and we have to help her. Sherelle, a lot of us feel the same way that you do. We all want her home sooner rather than later. Before you go, have you heard from the White House since the letter was delivered to President Biden in her letter? She says the first time she voted was in 2020 and that vote was for President Biden. Have you heard from him? I still have not heard from him, and honestly, um, it's very disheartening. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's uh, that's something else. From what I know about Trump, he would not even have let it gotten this far. I mean, let's face it. I mean, also, Trump is like, you know, hey, Brittany Griner, she's a basketball player. You know what I mean? She's got a following. Let's get her. Let's bring her back. He'd be on it. He'd be called. He called everybody. He was not afraid of the phone. You know, picking up the phone and calling somebody. I got called from him. I got called. It wasn't like, you know, at 3.30, two weeks from Monday, you will receive a phone call. You know, they didn't vet it all. You know, he just got on the phone. You know, Trump had a really nutty idea that he ran the country. (laughs) That's not nuts. It drives the swamp nuts. They don't believe that. They want to run the country, and they want to set up all these stuff. And it would not be presidential for you to get involved. The other thing that... President Trump really broke the mold here is that he'd get involved even if there was a chance of failure. See, that's what that's they don't want presidents don't want to incur that kind of risk. They cannot afford to be made to look ridiculous. And a man in my position cannot look ridiculous. Now you get your hat and you get the hell out of here. Um yeah, they they don't play that way. They 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 want it all set up ahead of time. Brett is in Staten Island. Yes, Brett. Hi. Um, let me pick you up. Hello? Yeah. Hello. Is it Mr. Kelly? Yeah. Hi, it's, it's Brett from Staten Island. I know. We established I that. Wanted, What's up? I, I, I wanted to say um, from your aces, 
Um, I, I used to wake up with you watching the news when I was about 21 years old. I was never a big political guy. All right, fabulous. But thanks to you and a couple of – but that, as far as that girl, the basketball player, you're right, and I agree with you. She's one of us. She's an American. And if you remember you're, when, when 9-11 happened, and I'm sure you do, um, I, you didn't care if you were black, white, or, or, or purple, or, or yellow – um, you're American, and that's as long as you're not a terrorist. I'm, I'm, I, you know, if you're a terrorist, I, I want to kill you. You know, what I'm saying? and and that's the kind of united. We were united after that 9/11 business, and it was horrible, horrible thing. But um, yeah, she's one of us, and and, and get get her out of there. If President Trump was, if he was still president, make it happen. You make happen. you make it happen. You make it happen. And I'm getting too much pushback. I'm seeing it on my social media. You know, how dare you, Greg? She's a Trump hater. She's this. She's that. Somebody points out that she just voted for Biden. Hey, I don't care. This is a free country. At least it's supposed to be. And you're right, buddy. The fact that she's an American citizen and she's over there and Putin's got her. Putin, enough. Enough already. Bring her home. Now, and and she should not be used as some pawn in the uh, Ukraine war. We can't have that, Brett, and I don't care what her political viewpoints are. I don't care. Thank you, Brett, very, very much. Let's do one more. Laura is somewhere in New York. Hi, Laura. Hey, Greg. Hi. Um, In in Russia, they could start the trial on Friday because you could start the trial at 11 a.m. and then go grab your lunch at 12 p.m. That's not a democratic country, so they don't really have a fair process over there. I want to see you as mayor. I think you have the name recognition, and I think that there isn't the same hate for you as there is for the Giuliani family. (laughs) But I disagree with you about Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump. You say that people are being turned off because of the January 6th hearing in the Republican Party, and that's why DeSantis is ahead in the polls. But I think well, he's not ahead. Is, in the, he's not ahead in the polls. OK. OK. But I think that people like me are feeling that we're not against Trump, but we feel like President Trump is not going to be able to win in the general election because the Democrats are really inciting so much hate against him. Hey, let me, I, 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 you know, they're I, inciting hate against DeSantis. They're going to do the same thing. Don't let them dictate okay. who you who we pick. You can't let them do that because they're – did you see what they're saying about him? They called him a fascist. They called him a homophobe. They called him anti-freedom. They said all You're these right. things about DeSantis. So don't pay too much attention to what they're okay. saying about our people. So, and, Greg, I, I want President Trump, if he doesn't run for it in 24, to endorse and ask John Katsimatidis to run for president because I think he has the backbone and he's already an older and – experienced person, not like Ron DeSantis, who I think is an establishment person that's not going to really fight back against the establishment because he still wants to have a a lot of years of, you know, fame and glory, and he wouldn't want to see happen to him what happened to President Trump in 2020. Yep, Laura. Well, you're right about that. He's too young in that he's going to be worried about his future, his family. He's going to be worried. His whole heart can't be in it. And I kind of like what you said about... uh, about John Katsimatidis. Uh, we'll see. Hey, thank you. I'll get one more. Uh, Sandra is in New Jersey. Yes, hi. Oh, Sandra, oh, hi. how are you? Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Daughter of the legendary um, bee, uh, oh, <laughs> wonderful woman. Hi, Sandra. All's well. What's up? How are you? Well, I, I'm doing well, thank you. I, I was, you know, I was thinking about, you know, um, oh, God, I was thinking about the governor that we have now. I think she's a Barracuda Hokel. I think she's a little corrupt, and I wanted to say 
that I didn't want Lee Zeldin as my choice. I actually wanted Andrew Giuliani, but I listen to Mark Levin all the time. I think he's brilliant. And from the get-go, he endorsed Zeldin. So that made me feel better because if he likes him, so do I. And then I thought, he, I heard on the Mark Simone show from one of his guests that um, Lee Zeldin was poorly advised during the debate. So that needs to be corrected for the next one. But I think he has what it takes because he's aggressive, but you don't want him to be too aggressive because then they'll say he's sexist with Hochul. So he needs, he's, I think he actually is a very good choice. And well, now I'm kind of happy. All right, good. Look, he's got a great uh, resume. Uh, he was a big defender of Trump. People forget about that during the phony impeachments. So we like him. He's the nominee. He's got a war record. He was in Iraq. Um, so he's great. And uh, I would love to see him. I think, though, look, I can't you can't blame it on an advisor. All right. That was bad political instincts on his part. He's got to think long and hard about that. That comes from within. And I don't think you have to worry about being tough on a woman. They can take it. I think it's sexist to think that you got to go easy on a woman. I mean, remember Trump? I mean, crooked Hillary and whatever. I mean, he went right at it. So times have changed. And this is politics, you know, and I think, you know, obviously you don't say anything. Uh, Look, the envelope is a lot bigger than people realize. So, Sandra, we thank you. And uh, gosh, how long has it been since B died? About a year and a half, maybe two years? Two, Two years. Her anniversary was actually July 3rd. And I wanted to say one more thing. She would love to see you become the next mayor. So with my whole family, so with so many of our friends, and we would all support you big time. So that's like music to my ears. When I heard you say today that you're thinking about it, I think that would be the best thing that would ever happen in this country. How do you like that? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, uh, listen, thank you so much. And uh, I may be in touch, if you know what I mean, uh, if I actually do run for mayor. I'll need all the support. Uh, I can get and all the votes. And uh, so thank you very much, Sandra. And thanks to the family. Yeah, you know, uh, people are really responding. Now, pretty soon they're going to come in and say, Greg, you can't talk about that anymore because you're on the radio and we got this regulation and that regulation and this regulation and that regulation. So who knows? But uh, what's the deal? Here's what I am. I know I could do the job. I actually know I could do the job. I believe I could beat Adams. It's a little bit tricky. You know, what do you run as? Do you run, you know, as a Republican in this city? The deck is stacked against you, literally. And you notice when they have these uh, primaries, they have them. <laughs> they, they're designed, they're scheduled so people don't show up. Isn't that amazing? I mean, who the hell would have a primary at the end of June? That's not when we used to. That's not, that's not an ideal. That's not when we do this stuff. They do this stuff so that the party leaders, that they can be the boss, so they can be in charge. You know, some people you never heard of handpick the next mayor. No, 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 no. This is not Russia. This is not about the party. This is about the people. And the more I think about it, the angrier I get and the more convinced that I probably should do it. Now, here's what I so I know I could do the job. Um, I also got to think about what I would do next, because quite frankly, I know this is getting ahead of myself. But if I were to run for mayor and win. Um, I would have to run for the re-election, right? So that's eight years of my life. And then what the hell am I going to do? You know, I'm not a lawyer. A lot of these guys are lawyers, uh, you know, and, and they can just go back into private practice or whatever. It's like a license to make money. I don't have one of those. So what would I do? 
And I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pretty significant cut in pay. Not to brag, not to boast, but this is a... This is what it is. This is why a lot of folks don't get into politics, by the way. And that's why a lot of mediocre people do get into politics. I mean, really bad people. They got nothing to lose. Why not? Why not? Why not go in and put a big target on my back and and say stuff and get things said about you? Why not? Why not if you're Bill de Blasio or any of those guys? They've got nothing else going on. Well, some of us do have other things going on, but it might just... I can't see this happen for much longer. And look, there could be a better person out there. I'll I'll be keeping my eyes and ears open. I'm not saying I'm the be- the most qualified person who ever lived to be mayor, but I got a lot going for me. I sure do. All right, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is cool on my Newsmax show tonight at 10 o'clock. Uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to take on Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney. We'll look at the crime. We'll look at that shooting. We'll look at, uh, uh, pardon me, this is the thing that I'm really, really excited about. We're going to meet the uh, Bodega Bro, Griff Green. No, what's his name again? Griffin. Griff Griffin. He comes to New York City to work a big tech job. He's very excited. He's 23 years old. And he goes shopping in uh, some of our uh, bodegas, and he can't believe what the hell he's seeing. It's like, what's going on? Where is this cat? What's happening? Why is there a cat in this uh, in this grocery store? It's not really a grocery store. It's like this weird room. He can't figure it out. Um, where is that? Do we have? It's it's kind of funny. He just imagine if you've never been in a bodega, and then you walk into one. What are you supposed to make of it? What's happening in there? And uh, let's see. This is what he does. And it's not unusual. He takes out his phone. He starts recording. Cut 29. Okay, so I just moved to New York, and I'm trying to go grocery shopping. And so I type in, like, grocery stores on my Apple Maps. And, like, every one I go to, like, I'm walking, too. Like, they're like this or, like, like this. Like, bro, that's not a grocery store. Like, I'm trying to get, like, eggs, yogurt, like, cheese, like, like that, right? Like, look at this place. I've literally been to like five of those now and like I don't know what the f I'm about to do for dinner. Like where are the Kroger's and like the Whole Foods at? Like I'm about to eat like like cereal and ramen for dinner. Like what All right. I know the language and he's from out of town and he doesn't get New York and, and whatever. It's okay. You know, he's, he's he's a little man of adventure. He's here and he's checking things out and uh, he doesn't understand it. Nobody pulls him aside and says, uh, sir, here's what the deal is with a bodega. And I don't even know what the hell the deal is with a bodega. Why do they have him? Why do they smell like that? What the hell's the deal with the cat? I don't know. But, you know, once once in a blue moon, I go into one, I buy some now and laters and I get the hell out. Um, if you lived in that neighborhood and that was the only place you had to go or places like that to get food, it would be an issue uh, so he took out his phone, made it a thing, and that little uh, that little narration, that little presentation he made, got him fired because the company supports diversity, equity, and inclusion. I didn't hear anything that undermined that. Did you? Isn't it okay to talk about the differences? Different cultures, different cultures come together and they clash sometimes. I don't mean clashes and fight. I mean clash as in, you know, the clash. It just doesn't necessarily mesh well. That happens, and it's not the end of the world, is it, Ron, from Nassau County? Hello. Yes. Yo, yo, put on Ron, if you don't mind. There we go. Hello. I love 
this show, and I always listen to it. I just had a question today for you, if you were not aware of it, that the professionals in the sporting uh, teams, uh, whether it's men's or women's sports, when they travel to Russia or China, even Germany, they're told um, certain things that they can and absolutely cannot do. They have a whole department for that that tells them what they can and cannot do. I would be... How do you know that? How do you know that? Because I have a friend who actually played two things. You all right? You have a friend who told you. He okay. Hold on a second. No, Uh, no, no, Ron. Hold on a second. So I was in the military, okay, and we have uh, we're known for our attention to detail. I once went to a country, all right, and there was a certain thing that we were all supposed to do. They didn't tell us ahead of time. We had fifty thousand meetings about our visit to this country. And they left the biggest part out. So sometimes things slip through the cracks. So she snuck in a joint or whatever it was. And you think throw the book at her? Is that it? Because she didn't pay attention to the NBA brief to some to some guy comes in. Maybe she missed the lecture. I mean, I, I can't imagine they made that big a deal out of it. So, Ron, seriously, what do that's you think should possible. happen? What? Yeah. So yeah, no, that's possible. That's possible that she missed it or she just thought this isn't really a big drug. What's a big deal? Or she may have forgot to take it out of her luggage. What I'm saying, though, is is for her to just say that she didn't know with a 99% chance that she's going to be in trouble. She's got to come up with something better than that because she might wind up being a 10-year resident. Yeah, well, I'm sure she's trying everything she can to you know, not go to jail. And I think we should support that. I mean, I want her the hell out of there. I don't think anybody should go to jail for 10 years for pot. I mean, especially in a Russian gulag, no way. So this is a game. It's probably going to be over soon. But then again, you got to play the game, and Joe Biden's got to get to work. He's not even picking up the phone. Trump would pick up the phone and make this stuff happen. Right, right. All right, very quickly, uh, uh, Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Good afternoon, Greg. Um, Just wanted to comment on the situation in Chicago. Mm -hmm. You know, People, the young people, they think they're entitled. They can do whatever they want. There's no regard for human life. Uh, Society has always, uh, evil has always been a part of society. Uh, However, it's more prevalent now, and there are a lot of reasons. Breakdown of the family. You know, I was shocked to hear the statistic where there are children in a household. Only 18% of households have two parents. There's no um, children are not taught. Young people are not taught. Is that true? Eighteen percent. Wait a second. Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that number? I I forget what program I heard it on. It was either uh, the Catholic Channel or Centerpoint on. That sounds really low. It. I was. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. All right. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. One other thing, Jacqueline. Just say one more thing because I got to say something to Jim first. Go ahead. Okay. Taking God out of everything. Mental illness, as you touched on already, um, it takes a village to raise children. If we get back to basics, maybe all of these things wouldn't happen. The enemy always comes to steal and destroy, and yep. we have to fight back. Uh, you know the thing about, well, the thing about God. You're absolutely right. I mean, now we've uh, stigmatized those who bring up God and talk about it. It's important. It's the most important thing. Jim, and you can do that through the Charles Stanley Bible. Check it up and start reading Jim and Afton, Ohio. Is that a uh, real quick, Jim? We're going to end the show on you. Hey, Greg, love the show. Hey, I think you should run for pre- for uh, mayor. Be on a two point oh. Be hold the side of play uh, 
Cuomo's playbook. Yep, he sure is. Uh, she sure is. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you tonight at 10 p.m.